0: On this Christmas episode of Comedy Rewind, is Bad Santa the funniest Christmas movie of the 2000s? What makes Billy Bob so charming even through the filthy debauchery of this character? What ever happened to Thurman Merman? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind.
1: Rewind, rewind, push rewind. I thought this was a comedy show.
0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Eight Bits Comedy Rewind. Powered by Audio Technica, as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host John Peck, and joining me, he'll fix you a sandwich if you ask him nicely. It's Brendan White from the Hungry Gamers. How you doing?
1: Hello, I am doing fantastic, and now I'm thinking about those dirty, dirty fried-up bologna sandwiches, and I kind of want one with a bit of salsa. <laughs> so Christmassy. Very festive, very festive, yeah. I think we need to throw away the ham and the turkey, bologna sandwich with some salsa on top, but only one piece of bread because uh, we don't want it on top and bottom. We just fold it like a sausage sanger and just rip in.
0: That's it. We are talking about Bad Santa today. It's our Christmas movie for the year. You know, we only get a chance to do one Christmas movie each year for Comedy Rewind. So last year we didn't even do one because I couldn't. I, we were still in the 90s. We'd done Home Alone already, and I was like, I'm not doing Home Alone two. There's nothing else that I wanted to do, so we just skipped Christmas altogether.
1: When did did Jingle All the Way come out at the back end of the 90s? Was that the yeah. early 2000s? No,
0: that was 90s, and I was like, I'm not doing Jingle All the Way. It's
1: so good. It holds up. Really? Yeah, I would have watched it with okay. you. Okay. All right.
0: I just thought it was going to be like this cheesy kids movie with some. Really bad dialogue, but you say it holds up, okay?
1: Not, not like it's no masterpiece, <laughs> but it's still enjoyable. Turbo mm. Man, Arnie Schwarzenegger. What more do you need?
0: I like the Santa Claus, but I think I'd watched it recently, like the, the year before, and I didn't, I w- couldn't bring myself to watch it again. But some of Tim Allen's best work. It is, yeah. It made me believe in Santa for a little bit longer. That's for sure. Yeah. Two thousand three, Bad Santa, dark comedy. This actually released a full year later. In international markets, like that doesn't happen much these days. Where it's a full twelve months after the U.S. release.
1: Yeah, like it depends on the movie. Like uh, I still remember like waiting for John Wick one and two to come out here, and it was like six months later in AU yeah. compared to the U.S. But I, I guess uh, they didn't they didn't uh, have much much backing and faith in Billy Bob Thornton being enough of a heavyweight to uh to pull audiences sort of day one if we had a yeah. global uh, release. But uh, you know what? It did well. Made some yeah. cash.
0: Maybe it's the whole, like, back then, especially, it would be typical to have a few months in between the US and international. But being a Christmas movie, you can't release it in, like, February. That's true. So they're just like, true. oh, we'll just wait till the next the next November. And, um, yeah, like you said, it did... F- well considering the budget it was filmed for 23 million dollars and made 76 so it's not like a, some kind of blockbuster or anything but well enough to produce a sequel a good 13 years later <laughs> i i still
1: truth be told i haven't watched the sequel it's not meant to be very good i've heard that so that's one of the reasons and then two i just don't know how they're gonna weave the plot threads back together to yeah. to make a. Marcus and Willie go one last hurrah. Like it felt like they they broke up on pretty bad terms, but yeah. uh, one you know more what? job. I'm no writer or director.
0: I'm sure that uh, it comes into the fact that they brought back the kid for it. Yeah, maybe the kid's like needs a new kidney or something, and Billy Bob's like got to do this for the kid. You know?
1: Maybe, maybe, yeah. Oh, Brett Kelly, he's uh, grown, grown up. up. <laughs> Thurman Merman. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. And I, I let off with, you know, the sandwiches. It's a pretty consistent theme through this movie as those old sandwiches.
1: Yeah, that's that's the go-to in this movie. Like, uh, when in doubt, offer your guest or your friend a sandwich is the, yeah. uh, the moral of this story, it feels like. Granny's offering sandwiches. Thurman's offering sandwiches. Willie's offering to make some sandwiches. Mm. Uh, I don't think Sue's offering to make any. She's helping with the mustard and stuff in the background, but... Yeah, sandwiches are a a constant.
0: Fixing the sandwiches. All right, so what are your memories of this one? Because I definitely didn't watch it at release.
1: Yeah, I remember remember watching this on DVD and I think this was still during the time when Billy Bob Thornton was still married to Angelina Jolie and I was watching this just going, how did this man, (laughs) this dumpster fire hot mess of a man Land Angelina Jolly, who probably at the time was like my muse, and I was, you know, mm-hmm. crushing hard as most warm blooded males were and females, everybody on earth, really, during that sort of late 90s, early 2000s, and all even now. But yep. uh, yeah, I was just gobsmacked that this disheveled, smackhound, alcoholic looking fellow landed my goddess and. <laughs> Yeah, and then I was watching this movie, like, well, maybe it's the comedy. Maybe he's a bit of a jokester, and that's just what won her heart over. And uh, yeah, that's that's my biggest memory is just sitting on the couch, going, "How did he get her?" while laughing at how crass this movie is.
0: It's very, yeah. The Cohen brothers apparently came up with a concept for this movie. I was reading, they handed it off to this writing duo and the director, but I think they had their ideas for what it would turn out like it probably wasn't exactly the same but yeah billy bob was um down the list of of suitors for that lead role i was very
1: impressed like doing a little bit of research on that and um the people that were in line with that role just sounds absolutely insane like we had james gandolfini initially Mm. and as the as the focus then bill murray jack nicholson and robert de niro also Thought up as potentially Willie, aka Bad Santa, and man, I can't imagine anyone else but Billy Bob playing that role though, because he just suits this dishevelled, broken booze hound better than those other ones.
0: Yeah, one of the other people mentioned in the trivia was Larry David, and I would love to see Larry <laughs> David as as bad Bad Santa, because yeah, that would be that's the only one that intrigues me more than. Billy Bob, I could see Bill Murray. I was about might, to say not, Bill yeah. could work it. He'd have to really dial up the alcoholism, because we but get I,
1: we get a bit of that in um, Saint Nick. Have oh you yeah. seen that? No, I've seen that. Yeah, and he's sort of this down on his luck, gambling addict, booze hound, uh, neighbor of Melissa McCarthy, and he starts okay. like babysitting her kid while she's at work. I, I,
0: maybe I have seen that, actually. It sounds very familiar now. Maybe takes I just watched it to the, the It takes the kid to like yeah.
1: the, the dog track and stuff like that. No, and...
0: I did watch that. You're right, yeah. No, th- that was in the last couple of years, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Bill Murray was offered the movie, but turned it down for Lost in Translation. And Jack Nicholson was offered it as well and turned it down for Something's Got to Give. So, they came pretty close to to jumping in on it, but I think landing on Billy Bob is a pretty, pretty good win. Like, you say that the whole, like, how did, how did he get Angelina? There's something about him that, I don't know what it is, but he's, he's, I, I, I can see women being into him and it's not purely physical. It's like, there's something about his, like,
1: it's, it's that untamed attitude. wildness in him. Yeah, You know, they're he, like, he's a wild boy. He's a bad boy. Yes. He's gonna break my heart and probably steal my car, but you know what? We're gonna have a good time. There's something in his eyes, and it's the same with like his role in Fargo,
0: where uh, he's pure evil. But there's something about him that when he's talking, you just can't turn away. Like he can't take your eyes off, off him. Like he he just captures the room somehow.
1: Yeah, even when he played uh, the American president in Love Actually, and uh, you know what? Yeah. He was still a sexpot dirtbag in that too. And yeah, he he makes it work. Whatever, whatever machismo and aura he's got, he makes mm. it work no matter what role he's playing.
0: Love actually was actually released the same month as Bad Santa, so he had a pretty good Christmas, Billy yeah. Bob. <laughs> good okay, on Three, you. yeah. So yeah, I don't remember exactly where I first came across this, but I had that weird moment where I went to watch it on Netflix and. The red bar was at the end, you know, showing that you've already watched it. And I was like, okay, I must have watched it either last Christmas or the Christmas before. And then as we were watching through it the other day, there were scenes that I didn't remember at all. So I feel like I must have been phasing in and out. Maybe I was wrapping presents at the same time or something. I don't know exactly what was going on. There, but- there
1: is an unrated version of it. So and I, maybe that's the one that's just on the streamers now, which has got, I think, another 10 minutes worth of scenes and mm. other but it bits was, of
0: profanity. But the, the red bar had indicated that, I've, that I'd that i already watched it. So uh-huh. that's where I'm a little bit confused about what was going on. Maybe I fell asleep, but either way, it, it was almost like I was watching it for the first time. So I definitely didn't watch it at release or even for years to come. You have uh, been but, known to fall asleep in movies and uh, media man. quite I, often,
1: so it's not surprising.
0: I fall asleep a lot. I, I've, I've been watching... Um, Kiki's Delivery Service with Micah this week while we're in isolation, and every time we watch it, I fall asleep, and I have to rewind it and catch up. When he's and not there. and that's no
1: disrespect to that film because it's great.
0: Yeah, it's it's good, but yeah, it's I don't know what it is. Maybe it's this time of the year, things are getting a bit warmer. I don't know, but um, I didn't fall asleep in in those very late nights that I had at your place. So um, that's true. That, that would be that would have been bad. But anyway, um, bad Santa. I wonder if it's like one of the first of the bad genre almost like you know how there's like the road trip, Euro trip, there was like bad Santa, bad neighbors, bad grandpa and I feel like that became a bit of a um, a trend.
1: Yeah, this, this was the be- catalyst but it was great, it's a great film. Absolutely. And bad in every sense of the word in a good way.
0: Mm. And we'll get to all the reasons why a little bit later. Uh, what do you want to throw out there as your guess for the Rotten Tomatoes score?
1: I'm just going to go crude and take the, the low-hanging fruit and I'm just going to say 69. 78. Higher than I expected, honestly. Yeah, I, I even thought 69 was too high, but I thought, mm. you know what? It's on brand for this movie. Like, there's a lot of penis references and penises getting hit and sex and curse words. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just fully lean into it. I expected you to say, like, 40-something, to be mm.
0: honest. Yeah, usually the critics don't dig these kinds of um, profanity-laced films, you know, the the clerks kind of thing, the whole, that, yeah, that whole thing. But I guess it, for whatever reason, it works. I don't know. Maybe people enjoy the the way it kind of messes with the expectation of a Christmas movie. Who knows? But. I've got a few comments here that I find interesting. Um, The Sydney Morning Herald actually said, in the annals of movie profanity, this movie would rate an Oscar, but it's actually pretty sweet at heart, although never sentimental. And if you don't believe me, you know what you can do.
1: Yeah, that's Um, that's true. Like I was, before you jumped into that, I was going to say that this movie does have a lot of unexpected levels of heart and sort of care in it, like... Yeah, um, Willie's Willie's liver's shot, but his heart probably shot to begin with, and it starts, you know, pumping anew. I'd say leading up into that final act, and it's 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 nice, it's endearing, and yeah, the character development really adds to adds to the overall experience outside of all the uh, rudeness and crassness and sex and everything else.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Like he says, it it never gets sentimental, and I think it's because he's like begrudgingly develops a conscience. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Against I, I think it gets sentimental in a couple of parts, but it's subtle. Like it's, they don't hit you over the head with it, but like the, the moments where you know he he tapes back together and rebuilds the advent calendar, you know, and he's got like, um, was he put in there? There's an aspirin in there yeah. and like a candy and everything. <laughs> else. Like not not the chocolate that you come to expect yeah. in the advent calendar. So he's there's these little subtle sentimental moments that are really endearing and, and, and nice that breaks mm. up the breaks up the rest of the tone
0: yeah i guess compared to christmas movies it's it's not sappy and it it doesn't have like him like telling sue that she's changed him or anything like that like th- there's no like real pour my heart out type of moments so it yeah it manages to avoid that kind of thing which helps it keep its edge i think Um, And then, on the other hand of things, we've got an editorial in the Washington Times that likened the movie to an evil twin of Miracle on 34th Street, and chided the Walt Disney Company for allowing such a beloved figure as Santa Claus to be trashed by Miramax Films, which was then a Disney subsidiary. So that's not just a movie review, that's an editorial that someone was so up in arms about that they... yeah. Put that whole opinion piece together.
1: I'd love to know the word count on that editorial. Like, how how granular did he go about this movie destroying and tarnishing the good name of Santa Claus? Mm. That's a Disney-owned prop. Like, is he implying that Disney invented Santa Claus?
0: No, I think he's saying like, why did Disney allow? Oh, why Santa? Did, yeah. Why did Disney, via to be, Miramax, yeah, yeah, to allow Santa to get dragged through the mud in this way? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but you know, it's not a kids' movie. No it's, way! It's, like um, it's
1: it's what M A be M A rated here in
0: Australia for yeah, sure. Yeah, it would have to be an R rating for the U S. But Billy Bob said, you know, the eight year olds have approached him about it and talked to him about being in the movie, and he couldn't believe that parents would let the kids watch it. And that's right, like you shouldn't. <laughs> they shouldn't be watching it. It's so not a movie for kids, uh, and. You know, people take their kids to Deadpool and to Logan and they're thinking, like, oh, it's a superhero movie. Yeah. And then they realise, well, I don't even know if they realise that they shouldn't be there, but it, this may have been one of the first ones that was, no, it's actually
1: I, not for kids. I think, like, you base it off the rating of the damn film, you know? Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think like, so. Like, yeah, like, it's like, oh, it's, it's a Christmas movie. Come on, Timmy and, and Sally, let's go. Like, And then secondly, if it's an MA-rated film unless you're above 15, you can't go into the cinema. Like if the, the cinema parent, clerk yeah. is doing their job, they should turn that family around. But I guess on DVD, it's fair game at home. But yeah, I'm, I'm a tough one with this one because I've been exposed <laughs> to many things when I was young that I shouldn't have watched. So like, I've I've died on that hill already, so it's hard for me to get too up in arms about mm. kids watching uh, Bad <laughs> Santa because my mum probably would have made me watch it or allowed me to watch it too if it was out in the early
0: 90s. I think there would be a few questions, uncomfortable questions, if, if you watch this with your kids. But anyway, <laughs> um, we'll get into the number one song when this movie released. So let's go with the Australian release date of November 2004.
1: I am um, th- I'm gonna be wrong but I think it just connects to the story or to the to, to the yeah the story and the final act too well to not think that 50 cent might be one of like the number one artist at the time. he took bullets in the back just like uh, Willie Soak did <laughs> so there's a bit of a bond there yeah. so I'm gonna say. God, not not in the club. What was that one? Candy shop. I'm going to say Candy Shop by Fifty Cent. I think that album came out in 2003.
0: So if we were doing Billboard charts, you may have been closer, but it was actually Gwen Stefani. What are you, what what are you waiting for? Ah, oh,
1: I, I got to say, by the way, TikTok. that song sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, I, I miss haven't... old scarpunk, no doubt.
0: She changed. Yeah, she changed. She's famous now. Uh and like so that was the Aria charts. So if, if we do go back to the billboards the previous year, I'll give you a second guess.
1: Can I have a clue? Um That that see that that two that 0304 that was like the the twelve to twenty four month mm. cycle of Usher superstardom.
0: Yeah, I'll say it's halfway between Gwen Stefani and fifty cent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Um. So it's a. Is it a female-led? It is band or or artist? It is is. solo. Featuring. Featuring. So is it featuring a female artist or is she the lead?
0: Female lead featuring. Fifty Cent. (laughs) I didn't say that. No, it's not Gwen Stefani featuring Fifty Cent.
1: Um, (laughs) I I need more. I need more to go off.
0: Uh, well that, that's enough. I've given you enough hints. You've
1: that's given right. me nothing.
0: <laughs> I told you that it's You said
1: it's somewhere between fifty cent and Gwen Stefani.
0: Yeah, and then I said that's it's a, a female. Chasm. It's a female singer featuring a rapper.
1: Oh featuring a rapper. Well that's it's gonna always gonna be J-Lo. Is.
0: It always is, isn't it? No, <laughs> is it it's, a not J-Lo J-Lo song? it's not no. J Lo It's not J Lo. Closer, up, but it's Beyonce with Sean Paul. Oh, okay. You would say that's that's halfway between Gwen Stefani and fifty cent.
1: Jeez, you might. I don't know who else would, but you—you
0: you certainly just have. Well, it's a, you know, it's, a, it's a, okay. Sean yeah, Paul anyway. also sucks, by the ba- way. Baby anyway, Boy was the song. Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore.
1: Neither does Sean Paul. I don't think he's released music in years, and I'm happy about that.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I haven't got an axe to grind with Sean Paul, but
1: I can take one of mine. I got a few. <laughs>
0: what have you done for me lately, uh, Billy Bob Thornton? Not as prolific as I thought he might be. He he just has been part of that Goliath TV series. Um, he's done some VO for Fargo, but hasn't had like any big films or anything. Lauren Graham, who plays Sue, even though she's never mentioned by name in this movie, she's been on the Mighty Ducks like TV series on Disney Plus that reboot, and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Tony Cox, who plays Marcus the dwarf or little person, Bad Santa Two was the last thing I could find. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> so he had he had a pretty like good run in the in the kind of nineties two thousands as far as like notable dwarfs go. Like I think he was in Friday, Me Myself and Irene. He was. Yeah, he was yeah. in
1: Me or Myself and Irene and Friday.
0: Mm, we'll get to. Um, We'll get to me, myself, and Irene, and we might get to Friday if we go back to the 90s. Bernie Mac and John Ritter were the other guys I wanted to mention. They've each passed since this movie, unfortunately. Both really good, and we'll probably talk about them with the Sparkplug Award. But Brett Kelly was the only other guy worth mentioning. Sherman Merman himself. Thurman Thanks. Merman, thank you very sorry. much. Th-
1: sorry, Thurman Merman. Get it right. <laughs> a, Put some a, respect on that man's what a name. name. Also, what a, Also, Octavia Spencer as Opal, the random the escort yeah. out mm. the front of Billy Bob's apartment complex. She's gone on to act in many films.
0: Yeah, she's done very well for herself. Didn't expect to see her here, especially in that kind of like blink-and-you-miss-it roll. But uh, old uh, Brett Kelly has just done 20 episodes of a, sh- a show called Family Law, which I don't know, but it's having a bit of a run, so good for him. He's worked pretty consistently since this movie came out. It wasn't just some random child actor that never worked again. A um, little bit of trivia, they originally wanted Angus T. Jones to play the little kid who people would know from Two and a Half Men. It was just as that show was blowing, like the the first season of that show was coming out the same time that this movie came out. So there was probably a bit of buzz around him.
1: You know full well if he was cast in this role, nowadays he would have distanced himself from this film very, very (laughs) quickly, just like he has with Two and a Half Men.
0: Yeah, he's just um, sitting on his laurels and spending that money, that CBS money probably. Mm. Good for him. Uh, Brendan, what is the most 2000s moment of Bad Santa?
1: There, There is many. There is many. My my list just kept uh, getting added to and added okay. to as, uh, as I was watching this gem of a film.
0: All right, let, let me do two and then I'll let you ramble through your list. Okay? Ramble? Yeah, it's ramble. All right, yeah. all right then. Ramble, ramble on, my friend. Right. Um, I believe, is it Mortal Kombat getting played on the Xbox, the original Xbox of this movie?
1: I don't think it's Mortal Kombat. Okay. Um, it's some
0: kind of fighting game.
1: Yeah, I thought it was like... Like, it's not dead or alive and it's not Soul Calibur. I don't know what it was. I what wanted to try there? and look it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll look that up while you're rambling. But um, the only other thing I had was like smoking indoors. There's a lot of smoking indoors. And it was like the last chance to do it before it got banned in most of the world, I think. Or well, at least in Australia. It's, oh, it's, Billy Bob even lights
1: one up when he's sitting in the Santa chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so so while you look up what game that yep. was, because, yeah, I drew blanks on it. So on my list, I had Lauren Graham listed as one of the most 2000s moment. Just shout out to uh, the Gilmore Girls. Big, big fan of that show and uh, have, <laughs> have a bit of a crush on Lauren Graham still to this day. Uh, one of the, uh, the lines that Tony Cox... Uh, throws Billy Bob's way where he calls him an ass clown. I used that word pretty heavily in the uh, in the 2000s. It was usually part of my vocab. Yeah, the the sweet original Xbox getting uh, showcased there when that little kid tries to steal a copy of a game, which we're still trying to determine what it is. <laughs> in the background of that scene, there's a big advertising like special for Nam, nam uh, name brand DVD players available. So uh, the, the DVD player reference, the kid also had an MP3 player, which uh, Bernie Mac then since stole from the kid and then uh, kicked him out of the store. Mm. Uh, the CRT monitors in the back office and also in the security office. And also in the security office, they are using time-lapse VCRs to record their CCTV footage. So uh, all very early 2000s moments for me right there. Rambling over.
0: Okay. Well, I haven't been able to find... This game, but I've got a screenshot and I'm trying to see exactly what game the kid steals. I couldn't work it out
1: either. I I tried to pause on the frame Mm. where Bernie Mac sort of taken the the copy of the game from under this kid's shirt, but I couldn't work it out.
0: No, I can see in the background, what is it? Oh, Sneak. Is there a game called Sneakers? Not that I've heard of. Shriek it? Yeah.
1: Uh, Oh, yeah, there's a sign in the back and it's called like, it's not shriekers or sneakers. It was something I've never heard of. I think that was just signage there to to fill it up without having to pay any royalties. It looks like it says sneakers, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that one with the mouse says sneakers, but mm. then... There's
0: a basketball game there too. Yeah, there's
1: a basketball game there, sneakers, and then there's like a Madden NFL looking game there, but the fighting game...
0: I wonder if they're all fake game boxes. They might be. Because they don't look familiar to us. No. Anyway, probably not that important. Um, thanks for the for that ramble, Brendan. I have to agree with with pretty much everything you said. Um, Did you
1: ever call somebody an ass clown?
0: I don't know. I'm too, I, I, I'm too nice to to do that, Brendan. That is very um, true.
1: No, uh, Chris Jericho used to call a lot of people ass yeah. clowns.
0: And it actually started in Office Space. Was the film that coined that phrase? Um, I know from doing a previous comedy rewind on that and we actually had an appearance from the um AJ Na- Naidu I think is his name he's the actor that plays the guy that attacks bad Santa He's in this referenced
1: movie. as the Hindustani troublemaker on, yes. on uh, Wikipedia
0: <laughs> yes Hindustani troublemaker I didn't, I didn't I, it was I didn't just really, a weird scene yeah I didn't really understand that he was like eyeing him off in the uh in the bar like he recognized him but
1: i think he yeah. implied that like Well, the way i read into that scene is that the hindustani troublemaker maybe got sexually assaulted by someone in a santa costume once
0: right okay
1: and he was uh getting was, his revenge and, and
0: yeah. yeah giving santa his comeuppance it was some kind of ptsd either way it was it was a little out of place anyway um <laughs> the most iconic scene not that one but <laughs> what did you have
1: yeah, like there isn't one big scene that stands out there's over not, the rest, no. but there's a couple that, that I wanted to reference. And um, when when really Willie rolls in drunk off his ass, uh, sort of leading into that final act and he's got the busted bottle already, like he's going to glass a kid and he's destroying the Christmas set and it's just a mess. And then the, there's the verbal stoush back and forth between uh, Marcus and... And uh, Jin or Bernie Mac, and just some of the dialogue they're throwing at each other is just so rapid fire and so smart and funny mm. and witty, and I was just cracking myself up. And then when when Marcus walks away and he just does this little subtle like sack tap to Jin's nuts and walks away, it just uh, it just cracked me up. So that one, and then also obviously Willie beating the absolute snot out of a bunch of kids, like just <laughs> beating them bloody. And then come like telling Marcus that he's just had this big moment and a big life changing situation because he beat up these kids and he finally cares and understands. And yeah, they're they're two, two that stand out a lot for me. Mm. Is that
0: is that scene where he's rocking up at the end when he falls down the escalator? Yes. Yeah. That was a pretty good stunt, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and then he's like jim's telling marcus he has to carry him out of there and yeah. he's like dude i weigh like 80 90 pounds or yeah, something i'm three foot draw it up
1: draw up a diagram if you've got a forklift back there all those things and it's just the the back and forth between those two there is great like it wouldn't surprise me if a bit of that was ad-lib because it was just flying thick and fast and, and yeah really really funny lines in there too
0: yeah, I think Tony Cox definitely ad libbed a few lines because I-, I read some trivia about the director like cracking up, and then like the next night he like woke up in the middle of the night laughing at one of those those jokes as well. He's got great comedic timing. He does. Yeah, he's quite good. Apparently, the Cohen brothers hate him though. Like they did not want him in the movie, and the director was like, "No, nah, that's that's who it's going to be." <laughs>
1: I'd love to know the reasoning behind that.
0: Yeah, I know. It's such a He's such a, a weird person to have strong feelings
1: about. Maybe he, like that, the jokes where he uh, was going at Jin about how he's been pleasuring Jin's wife, maybe he did the dirty with one of the Cohen brothers' wives or something and that's maybe. why there's the, uh, the the backlash that's just lingering.
0: Who knows? Who knows? And they, they also didn't uh, want Brett Kelly... I think they I think they may have, may have been the ones that wanted uh, Angus T. Jones. But anyway, they lost. They they handed the movie off to someone else and they didn't get a say. So f- for the most iconic scene, I actually had the sequence where the different kids are coming and sitting on his lap as Santa, and he's one by one telling them that they suck or that he hates them or that Santa's... <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's, it's so... it's. <laughs>
1: It's horrible, but it's so funny. It's,
0: it's like making fun of like the things that they ask for and and like their parents and stuff. It's 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 pretty funny, and it's the it's it's kind of the moment that you're like this Santa. Well, it's pretty obvious from the start of the movie, but it's 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 where that comedic gold starts to come through of expectations versus reality of of this Santa, um, and that kind of leads straight into like what I think holds up the best, which is the real contrast of the debauchery in a Christmas-themed movie. You know, Christmas movies are so often just like completely trite, corny... Yeah, they're just all like wholesome
1: from front to back for the most part. Yeah,
0: Yeah. or, or, you know, there's occasional like Love Actuallys or Four Christmases or these kinds of more rom-commy kind of Christmas movies that get the formula right, I guess. Um, But they're always cheesy and they're always, you know... Happy endings and everyone's everyone's cheery and you know, the real meaning of Christmas and all this kind of stuff. Um So to to have a this movie where there's just a Santa who rips people off, beats up kids, you know, sleeps with bartenders, breaks into someone's house and decides to live there.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna say that when he first takes Thurman home and he like he's like you just leave here by yourself or just with your <laughs> decrepit grandma? And, he, and he's standing there with the balaclava on and and the grandma who's clearly like catatonic and just gone. Yeah. You know, She's like, you want a sandwich? And he's just standing there, sand her outfit with a with a balaclava and like a, a wrench or something because he's going to knock her out and case the joint. Uh, it just cracked me up.
0: And it, it's a really, like, again, great contrast because uh, Thurman really is from those kinds of cheesy... Christmas movies, you know, and he fits in with that corny kind of little kid, wide-eyed, dough-eyed, doughy-eyed um, wonder, and everything, and like it's Santa, and he's so excited to be able to meet Santa, and Santa just completely takes advantage of him, and it's just hilarious, really.
1: <laughs> it really is, but then there's that that moment <clears throat> near the back end of the film when when Willie or Billy Bob is like, you know, like I'm not really Santa, right? And he's like, I know, but you know, I I just wanted a friend, you know? Mm. Like when Thurman sort of had this little moment where he's like, you know, I'm playing the game a little bit too here and and I know that this is all an act, but you've been nice to me and I want to be nice to you. And it was like another little nice, nice little subtle touching moment.
0: Yeah. And I think at that age that he is, is probably when kids are figuring out that there's, know santa but they still want to believe that there is anyway and i said before about like the santa claus and tim allen like i i literally remember going into that movie being old enough to know that santa's not real but i walked out going like yeah maybe santa is real Mm because i was just like so caught up in like the magic of the the film and as a kid you just like want to believe in that kind of stuff so you know i i think that that's probably where Thurman was with, with that too and yeah his sweetness and innocence is is so endearing even though he's disgusting half the yeah, time like the, he's got snot little, dripping mate. out his nose boogers like everywhere like there's, what is it um, the kid like spits or sneezes chocolate on his face on that Santa's wasn't, face that wasn't Thurman that sneezed no no yeah But so he's sitting there with chocolate on his face and then Thurman's sitting on his lap with snot on his nose and it's just, it's quite it's hard a, to watch. It's just like a mess, yeah. Hannah, Hannah was actually just like, tell me when it's over, or like, tell me, t- tell me when he's like wiped his face or something. <laughs> she
1: couldn't handle it. Yeah, the, the boy's a mess. But you know what? He's hes a sweetheart. He he carves, carves <laughs> Willie for Christmas a wooden pickle. I don't know. Because why not? He, he slices his hand open so deep. Yeah. And they don't take him to the hospital or anything.
0: No. And there's a good payoff for that, because they don't even address it until the end of the movie, really. Yeah. like they, they don't explain, like, why, did, how did you cut your hand open? Why did you cut your hand open? They just kind of leave it. And then later on, when he gets the gift, it's like, oh, that's why it's covered in blood. Um, but, yeah, that, that kid would fit in, in, like, a Napoleon Dynamite movie or something. I feel like he's just got that awkward timing. And, you know, when he gets the huge wedgie and he just walks into the shopping center with his undies like right around like his basically his ribs and it's like dude pull your pull your jocks down man
1: and, and no one helps him with them he just walks home still you know or walks back to the bus stop and catches the bus home
0: poor kid but yeah like you said it before there, there is some heart to it and i think that contrast with christmas and the Debauchery of uh, the character again plays well into that contrast of him actually having a heart, and the movie ending in that way with the sweet letter that he writes and sends him the gift, and he'll be out of prison before too long.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I agree. Yeah. Like I, I had similar the, the the joy and excitement around Christmas and more directly around Santa Claus coming is is well executed in this in this movie. Like, yeah, they don't paint old uh Willie in the with, you know, the best brush, but it's still all the kids queuing up for him and, and all the excitement and telling them what they want for Christmas and all that joy. Like it just sort of takes you back, like transports you <laughs> back to that time and you're like, what would I what would I have said? You know, what would I want? And I remember when I met Santa and I said I wanted this or that and it's like so it's these nice touchstones in there, but also this is what holds up the best, but also I've used it as a direct segue to what holds up the worst, and that's Billy Bob Thornton not really having to act. Like, it just feels like this is just Billy Bob Thornton just yeah, rocking just up chatting. to set, living. Well,
0: it's funny you say that because he actually was genuinely intoxicated during some of the filming.
1: You can see it.
0: Yeah, he's, he's a method actor, I guess. So in that scene where he falls down the escalator... According to this IMDb trivia, he actually passed out after drinking three glasses of red wine for breakfast, followed by vodkas and cranberry juice, then a few Bud Lights. So, the you know, I, I thought that they kind of exaggerated his drinking. There's a scene where, I, I guess, Marcus lets him into the shopping center after he's left to, to rob it. And there are eight cans of beer on the ground as he's in the in the back, you know, waiting yeah. bay the the loading bay or whatever. And I'm like, how could you have drank eight cans of beer in like what seems like five or ten
1: minutes? Yeah. But Billy Bob it. just says, "Hold my Santa hat, John yeah. I'll show you."
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's like three, four, five. That's like, it sounds like he had like eight standard drinks um, before breakfast or when it, whatever that was that he filmed. The escalator scene. So yeah, he's he's um going full method.
1: Yeah, and like obviously a lot of the booze getting poured is still probably water or non alcoholic, but it does make you wonder if some of those scenes where he's doing these vodka pours and it's like two thirds vodka and then a nip of OJ or just straight. Like you sit there and wonder how often on set was he just blazed <laughs> and just shooting from the hip because he looks so dishevelled, but it purposely encompasses willy soak like you look at him and go yep this is what you'd look like in this situation
0: it worked for sue as well she was up for it
1: my goodness and and it's like it breaks my heart because she's like as i said earlier i got a had a big old crush on lauren graham and she's still just this cute wholesome woman and then she's just head over heels hard eyes with willy soak (laughs) And then the whole F me Santa, F me Santa in like every time they're they're getting involved doing things here, there and everywhere. It's like, oh my God, what are um, you doing to my my beautiful Lauren Graham?
0: It's almost like one of those roles that she would never have played after she became famous as well. Like Gilmore Girls must have been after this, right?
1: Let me just check.
0: Because, you know, there's certain things that certain actors don't seem to do once they're famous. No, this is Gilmore Girl started in two thousand. Oh wow. Yeah. So maybe she was doing it it's it's like okay, you think like calculated moves she's doing it to like shake that kind of mum image, maybe, before mm. it was too late. Because yeah, she makes, basically makes sense. she basically went on to play like the same character in parenthood for like six seasons as well. So I guess she was getting these kinds of roles in while she still could
1: yeah, but uh, <laughs> certainly a uh, a turn from what we're used to seeing with, with Lauren Graham on the screen, that's for sure, as a, mm. as a, a Santa sex-crazed uh, fiend.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that she acknowledged it, though. She was like, yeah, I've got... I... Did she say she had daddy issues as well? In the movie? Um no
1: she she came from a Jewish family so like right, Santa was it. seen as forbidden. Yeah yeah of course. So it's something <laughs> she always wanted but could never have and now she's getting it yes. in other ways. Like yes. you know I'm not going to I'm not going to kink shame anybody. Everyone's got their things. Mm. But yeah, Billy Bob like he's just got this aura, JP. He just he just woos and bewitches people. Maybe, Maybe Ange- I'm falling for Billy Bob. Now. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Maybe Angelina Jolie wasn't allowed to uh
1: yeah, John Voight was a bit of a strict dad growing yeah. up. Wasn't no Santa, to no
0: gifts. See Santa or whatever Billy Bob represented to her. Um, Brendan, people might not know this about you, but you're kind of an expert in security systems. So I wanted to ask how do the security systems hold up in this movie as far as the portrayal <laughs> of, uh, of you know, state-of-the-art big shopping centers uh, with you'd think the top-line security systems to prevent the theft of one hundred and
1: eleven thousand dollars, or whatever it is, in in one safe. <laughs> it just so happens in my what holds up the worst notes. Like we didn't we didn't script or plan this, listeners. This is off the cuff stuff here. I know. I you, obviously yeah. put my note in because it was going to be one of my holding up the worst points. And and the biggest thing is when you see Marcus slide in and like cancel the alarm going active with mm-hmm. any one of these big alarm systems in large shopping complexes, large premises... They're they're monitored, so that system is connected to a back to base system that's getting monitored somewhere offsite. So if that alarm every day is meant to be armed at like 9 p.m. or 10 p.m., and then it doesn't get armed that day, someone's going to call not only the security contact, but then escalate from there. But they'll also send security guards to confirm. Like they don't just go, "Oh, I guess they're uh, I guess they're working late tonight. We won't we won't check this <laughs> at all, and you know we'll, we'll disregard." Like people would be all over this within probably 60 seconds to two minutes usually like it's within those few minutes if that thing's not connected and activated and armed during these these sort of work hour schedules or these um out of office schedule timings you put in and classify with a a monitoring company they're straight away they're on you like excuse me mr the alarms and on is there a reason why and, you know, then they'll ask you for a password usually. What's what's the password? Like, if it is, yep, yeah, sorry, I'm working late. Okay, what's the password? Then you tell them, that, yeah, no worries. How long are you going to be? But instead, they're just like, it's all good. You know, wiping my hands. There's no problems there. The time-lapse VCR thing, that's, that's on the money there. Uh, as far as that error, we probably would be shifting into hard drive for recording. I don't really see any cameras.
0: That's the thing I
1: was going to say. In the is, you know, it's one thing to turn off the security, but then they're
0: just walking around these shopping centers with no masks on, no balaclavas. They're not wearing gloves. They're not really doing any of the traditional burglar type of uh, precautions. They're just willy-nilly slamming safes and drilling holes into steel and whatever else. So it doesn't seem to uh, have, have taken that extra step to realism
1: yeah like like most of the higher value items and especially safes and things they're always got a secondary monitor and a weed a read switch on them and a and sort of a safety sensor and then you'd have some of the the, the areas in the in the glass containers with jewelry and things usually they've got um, sensors in them mm. too so if that glass is broken it's a glass break sensor that sort of can hear and determine that pitch like that sound so that'll trigger an alarm so there's all these things that never get classified in movies because then obviously take the fun out of the movie where it's like, we've got you because of this, this, and this. But yeah, it's it's pretty on brand. Like the CCTV, it wouldn't have been monitored. It would have just been getting recorded back locally. Right. So then in conjunction with the alarm, they'd go back and look at the footage. But yeah, there is some plot holes there. I had some grievances, had some <laughs> uh, issues, but uh, they're minor in the grand scheme of things.
0: Sure, sure. Well, I just wanted to get that since, you know, it's a, it's a specialist skill set of, of knowledge base and... You know, I asked Hannah about the midwifery scenes in Knocked Up so I can ask you about the security systems in Bad Santa. Uh, so for what holds up the worst beyond, you know, the security systems, just some of the language is certainly dated in this movie. Ooh, yeah. There's quite a lot and it is it's it is that like provocative, you know, uh, what was the word, like pr- profanity-laced film that they're, they're going for, I guess, shock, shock value with some of the jokes and stuff but there's even just some of the terms that they throw around that just Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't be there in the the same genre today faggy claws midget mongoloid homo retard i've written these down because you're just not going to hear them in movies they're all quite offensive um and some people probably wouldn't even like hearing me just read them out like i just have but they're the, the words that get thrown around by like the main characters and they're bad people so the kind of like, I don't know, maybe they, I haven't seen Bad Santa too. Maybe they did get away with keeping all that kind of stuff in there. But it's it, at least to me, it was like, well, like they went there, you know.
1: And, and they went there often was the other thing. It wasn't just one scene with a couple of these lines thrown in for a little bit of extra spice. It was constant, like obviously with Marcus, who is who is a dwarf, that is going to be a constant uh, butt of jokes throughout the movie. But yeah, like going towards handicapped people and yeah, some of those are the words you mentioned. Like there's a few times I'm like, whoa, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, you know, I swear a fair bit, never say stuff like that. But when you hear those things in this day and age, like obviously back then, I'm not saying it was ever fine, but it was, I guess, more widely accepted back then in film and Mm, television where they lent into a lot of that lowbrow crap. But he, hearing it on a rewatch that, I was like, ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh, that doesn't hold up very well at all. That's horrible. But for the time capture when this thing was recorded, it was fine in Hollywood, which is a bad way to describe it, but that's just how it was. It's it's it's, it's <laughs> directed at kids at some point as well. <laughs> like, yeah, when, when they've got the kid a- in the boxing ring, and he's like, yeah, this kid's re- like, retarded, and da-da-da-da-da-da, and he... Goes at him for a while. Like Marcus yeah. is just ribbing little Thurman. Luckily, he gets snotted in the nuts as a bit of a, a bit of a bit of karma. But then he punches the kid in the nuts anyway. Oh man! So
0: w- while we're talking about plot holes and stuff, the next thing to bring up is the shootout in the department store. <laughs> yeah. So the, the cops arrive at the end of the movie. It's the big kind of climax. And they just start firing their guns at this unarmed, like literally unarmed old guy, as far as they can tell, dressed as Santa. And
1: a dwarf and his Asian <laughs> wife. <laughs> Blowing shotgun blasts all yeah. through this place.
0: I And, and I kind of... Um, I can buy that they might take shots at him because he had a gun and he maybe was the first to point it or whatever. Um, so sure, maybe they take a shot at the dwarf, but it's, it's like, shoot now, ask questions later. And not only that, they take chase after Billy Bob with like the entire police force of the entire city. It seems like he's unarmed. He doesn't even have like money that he's stolen. He's just fleeing the scene of a crime with nothing on him in this police chase and then gets to the house in a residential area. And nine cops decide to take shots at him. Shoot him in the back Put bullets in him. Probably miss a few shots that go into the house where little old Thurman is probably eating his aspirin out of the advent calendar.
1: (laughs) And the other kids from the house over the street that are watching from the balcony, just horrified watching Santa get shot. Yeah, and the, the only saving grace is that
0: he mentions it in the letter as like... That's the reason he doesn't get a long jail sentence is because of the PR disaster of cops shooting Santa. In mm. it was a smart Santa. way
1: to handle it, actually.
0: Yeah, but even in the, even still, like in the moment, I was like, "Come on!" and and then they they address it, but it's like just because you address it doesn't let you get off scot free. Like it's- <laughs> I, I was just
1: like, "America, you know this yeah. is this is this is foreshadowing yeah. to oh, man. decades and decades of this kind of stuff." Absolutely,
0: but yeah, that's that's what I had holding up the worst. It's it's all fun stuff, apart from like I guess some of that language that gets thrown around. But um,
1: I got yeah. a couple others.
0: Let's hear it. Ramble One on. of them
1: I, I wrote from probably the the opening few minutes of the movie. Harvey Weinstein was an, a, a co-producer on this movie. I mm. saw that and I was like, ooh, that's that's not so good anymore. Obviously, yeah, Thurman Merman's name, Papa <laughs> Papa Merman. I can't remember his first name. Naming his son that. Hopefully, he gets beaten with. Soap and a sock in jail for calling his his son that. Also, the way Willie eats a salad in the food court, it was horrific and horrifying, and I don't ever want to eat a salad ever again. Wait a second. What did he do? He just eats this salad really grossly and (laughs) angrily, and he's spitting it everywhere, and it's not a good time. (laughs) It made me just as uncomfortable as hearing some of that language getting used in this movie. That salad scene, I'm like... Is this like uh,
0: after... The heist, or is it like I can't remember what's happening? Is Marcus is yelling at him for being drunk or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um. Yeah. This is where they've just set up shop in Phoenix at the at like the year after, and they've just had a bit of a a situation um at the at the Santa right. stand, and it's the yep. next day where he was blazed again and um yeah he's eating this salad really grossly and I didn't like it JP. I did not like it at all <laughs> and also. The other thing that holds up the worst, obviously, the violence against children. There's a lot of it. These kids, Billy Bob beats <laughs> the snot out of a few kids. Uh, Marcus punches up Thurman in the boxing ring. Like, there's, there's some violence against these kids, some deserving, some less so, but it's, it's a thing. Yeah. And then
0: what's the... Conclusion of the movie: Does um Thurman kick the dude in the in the groin or
1: something? Yeah, kicks him right in the nads and then pedals off on his new bike down the street. That's it. That's it. Oh man. Okay. Um.
0: So there's plenty there, but we'll we'll let it slide for now, I guess. Um. Who would be most offended? Do you think from watching this now?
1: Uh, Santa Claus, the biggest <laughs> person to be offended, I imagine, for this. Uh, very horrible representation of his uh, very wholesome way of living and uh, you know, the gifts that he provides us all and what have you. Outside of that, uh, just just the, the, the circles and the groups surrounding some of the language that you mentioned earlier, mm. LGBTQI people, people with mental deficiencies, uh, dwarves, little people, anyone in that situation would be feeling a little offended. Outside of that, I don't know.
0: Yeah, even like the portrayal of um, uh, Marcus's wife was very kind of stereotypical. Like, I think yeah. I think um, they called her a male order bride at, at one point as well, which I guess that's a real thing, but some people might not be too pleased with the characterization there. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so does it pass the internet relevancy test via memes and gifs? And I'm going to say no, it doesn't. Um, I had a bit of a look for GIFs and all I could find was, I mean, peanut there's some, there's some bad Santa reactions that, um, mm. are quite good, but I don't really see them used. And then there's like a line from Sh- uh Thurman about like fixing sandwiches that could be funny, um, stay hungry, but nothing that I see out there really.
1: The only one that I can think of and that I use for a little bit and people I know I've used is when they're in the barn. He's like going half, he's like half, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he's when they're sort of haggling back and forth, yeah, Jin and Marcus <laughs> and and Willie about the yes. split they're going to have getting in on the heist together. That, was that half scene is yeah. fantastic, and and I know I've used that. I don't know if I haven't used any of that in a long time, but it's not relevant so much, but it's. It's a little nod, yeah. I'll give a little yeah. nod to that. All right, I'll, I'll, let that. Yeah. I'll
0: let that go on the record. Um, yeah, Bernie Max, he's quite good, he is he's very missed. Uh, how would modern smartphones and social media change Bad Santa? I think that you know, they kind of live this life where they escape one area, they move to the next, as I guess con men of the time did. They'd get discovered so much quicker now. I think any kind of news story about a santa stealing from a shopping center would go viral now and i think that his face would get plastered everywhere because they they had to know that he was responsible for these thefts right like
1: yeah like old Jin or bernie mac put it together pretty quickly when he's like you know seven different christmases seven different Santas. you just go to another city and you change your name but he's like i don't care i just want it (laughs) He wants to buy a buy a ranch, go retire on a ranch or something with his yeah. bolo ties.
0: That's it. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, I feel like that would probably be a, a difference, but um, that was all I could come up with.
1: Yeah, and I think yeah, their their way their you know anonymity would not be there because these drunken escapades at these taking photos with Santas, mm. kids and, and family members would be filming this and it would go viral and then everyone would know their, their faces and yeah, they'd probably be quickly out of work. They probably couldn't get any more. I think Santa he'd be a or- cult hero. Or- yeah. Probably. Maybe they just become influencers. Who knows? Yeah. Like maybe that's how they make their millions. <laughs> on Cameo. <laughs> yeah. Oh man.
0: They'd get on the Today Show or something like that as well. Yeah. Uh, so the next question is, could you make it today? And what would the 2021 version be? And I have some fantasy casting. I know that they made Bad Santa 2 in 2016, but just taking this concept and seeing what you could do with it, playing against type, I'd love to see Will Ferrell as a a Bad Santa. Oh, Um, yeah. You know, that's the whole elf thing that's kind of playing into that contrast of... uh, of, of Santa stories. So it'd be cool to see him, you know, we've, we've just watched The Shrink Next Door where he does play like an older, you know, he's, get, he's getting a bit older. He's got the beard. He's going a bit gray. Mix that in with a bit of um, Ron Burgundy when when old uh, Baxter gets booted off the the bridge and he's like kind of spiraling and he's going into his like drunken kind of... Yeah, a bit, uh, of, a
1: bit of Frank the Tank in old school comes out in Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that spiral in, into that despair and darkness, and I, I could see Will Ferrell making making that pretty fun. And then you could also go into like a dark, gritty reboot, go even darker than this. Cast Brian Cranston as uh, Bad Santa. Oh,
1: do you, do you think he's taking these gigs because he's got cancer and needs to make money for his family? <laughs> so he's doing these robberies.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: The, the tough part is I can picture Brian Cranston having sex and with Lauren Graham or whoever, but Will Farrell, I have a hard time picturing that's, him as like a sex
0: fiend. That's why it would be so jarring. That's true. It's against type and, and, you know, Buddy the Elf and everything, people just wouldn't expect it. Yeah.
1: I like it. I like it. But um, <laughs> I could see that. I'd watch that. If it's just a Bad Santa off offshoot, whatever they're going to call it. I, I want to go back and watch Bad Santa 2 now. The more we're talking about this, I'm like, I need to watch this. Just to see how bad it is, like no pun, just how bad the movie actually is because I've heard it's a mess.
0: You wouldn't think Billy Bob would just do it for the cash, but I guess he did. I guess he did. (laughs) Although it would be a pretty fun role to play. I I think he actually said that it was one of his favorite roles. To play and the time that he wishes he could go back to so yeah it makes sense that he would do another movie
1: such a <laughs> such a dirt bag like i just had a flashback to the scene when he's in the arcade teaching the young girl how to play the pinnies and he's oh, like you yeah. know you've got to put your hips into it and he gets oh, behind yeah. her and gyrates her i'm like oh come on that was that that was uncomfortable yeah that was uncomfortable yeah that was not necessary but <laughs> it was on really, brand
0: for willie he really thrust into her pretty hard
1: yeah you <laughs> nearly broke the machine. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> okay, it's time for the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi.
1: A real spark plug. My, like, Octavia Spencer's is not in it long enough to no. be uh, on the nominee, so I'm going to put my money behind, yeah, the, the two that you mentioned earlier, the, the late, great Bernie Mac and the late, great John Ritter. Mm. I think Bernie Mac takes it out because... Just that half scene alone just just gets me, <laughs> and then he just gets killed off off screen, you know, gets squished between two cars. And then they yeah, dispose of the body in the car somehow. But yeah, I'm going, going Bernie Mac because the half scene as well as the the part where he steals that kid's MP3 player is just <laughs> fantastic.
0: Yeah, he's great. I do love John Ritter's performance as the. Uh the The head of the shopping centre, not quite sure how to deal with with Willie. Yeah,
1: nothing against that, you know. I'd, ne- yeah. I'd never I'd never you know prohibit someone from fornicating. You know, I'd never make them be celibate. You know, I'd never enforce that stuff. Like he's he's just tied up in HR red tape.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he he doesn't even want to like repeat some of the the language that Willie's using. It's quite funny, uh, but yeah. Uh, it's hard to go past Bernie Mac, he's a bit more force of nature, which is on on brand for the Spark Plug Award. Even if he is in it a, quite a bit more than John Ritter, he has more chances. But uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, the bully, who I've written down here as Nick Carter, Aaron Carter. Maybe I'm thinking of yeah, which is...
1: Aaron. Aaron Carter works, but also God, what's his name? What's I'm blanking on the the little blonde-haired kid from Harry Potter.
0: Oh, Weasley yeah. oh no, no, not Weasley uh yeah, I know who you're thinking of. I haven't seen it, but he's, he's the like
1: no Aaron Carter's a good good
0: reference Draco Malfoy Draco, that? Draco Malfoy, Draco. that's
1: it, thanks for coming through there j p yeah,
0: just a quick Google um haven't seen most of the Harry Potter movies It's not really, yeah, it's not one of my things it's, huh? it's not, yeah, how would you know? I just haven't seen them. That's why you it's don't not like magic. Watches. No, I just, I just have never cottoned onto it. Like I've just, oh. I watched like a couple random ones, but yeah, it's never grabbed me. Got okay. Nothing against it,
1: no hate. There you go. Just Draco Malfoy. Yeah, the uh, Max blessings. Van Max Van Vile or Max Van Villy is the guy's name, who's known okay. as the skateboard bully in this in this movie. It's a very villainous name, Max Van Vile or Max it Van Villy.
0: Very uh, very villainous. Okay, uh, Brendan, is Bad Santa still a good movie?
1: I think it is, JP. I enjoyed it. Like The time flew by. Like, I watched it a little bit before we recorded tonight and I enjoyed it. I was chuckling along. I was engrossed. I liked mm. the writing. I liked the story. I liked that there was some wholesome messaging underneath all the cesspool that this movie wades through for the good part of that runtime and the cast is good. I like that they also, with some of the scenes that are happening, they'll splice like a Christmas jingle into it <laughs> during some of the key moments. So it's sort of very on-brand and very seasonal and it's just fun. And it's it's a bit of a guilty pleasure, I think, this movie. Like it's, it's a mess of a film in all the best ways and it's just great. I just remembered
0: the scene where they take the stockings off grandma and put them on the <laughs> fireplace, which is so weird. Like, I would understand if Willie did it, but the fact that it's Sue who's doing it makes you have to go like, maybe there's something wrong with her too.
1: Yeah, but then they have like a cute moment together. Like, oh, look at how beautiful this is and a little grin like, yeah, it's adorable.
0: <laughs> it's just, it just looks so like, they look like two condoms sitting on the yeah. mantelpiece instead of stockings. It's just, it's just a weird kind of, unwrapped
1: floppy thing that's just yeah i randomly when they did that the, i remember watching this for the first time i thought they were taking them off because maybe she had like real bad varicose veins and circulation issues so i thought they were <laughs> taking them off because she couldn't walk any longer and then i'm like oh no nah, that's what it is it's a christmas stocking gag i get it yeah
0: i have to agree it's a good movie uh it was easy to rewatch. i actually noticed when i was watching through like it doesn't really follow a typical structure of a film like it doesn't have like act one act two i mean it 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 does because pretty much every movie does but it doesn't have a clear like build up to a climax Mm. it it doesn't feel like it's building up to anything apart from i guess they're going to do another heist but it's not like um there's not all these conflicts that have to be resolved along the way it's just kind of like he's slowly getting to build up to this relationship with with Thurman and and feel something for him, and it's a very gradual thing where it's not like he has to overcome something. It's a it's a very more subtle kind of um, structure as far as that goes.
1: It's very true, very yeah. true, but it's just well done. Yeah, front, and it works front to back. It works. It's funny. It moves along at a good pace. There's some good gags, some good moments in there. A lot of ice cream licking. From all kinds of characters, which is strange, but that's a ongoing a plot plot device that anybody have in a lot of weird scenes, but yeah, it's great. And it's gross. And it's a good Christmas movie.
0: Yeah. I have to say out of all the two thousands Christmas movies, I'm glad that we did this one. It Me wasn't too. really It was between this and Elf and they're two very different movies, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think you've got to be in a particular mood to watch a movie like Elf where you could chuck this on any time just because it is like mm. Elf's more wholesome and yeah, it's got some humour but it's a bit more subdued compared to this where they're just throwing gags and crazy situations and <laughs> just, just yeah. so much stuff getting slung your way and it's the best.
0: Elf also has a an angry dwarf in it, so to that's speak. That's true. So, um, I guess there is a bit of crossover between those two movies. But anyway, um, that is Bad Santa. Go watch it if you haven't watched it for a few Christmases. It's on Netflix. And, of course, if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends. Grab your 8-bit merch over at shop8bit.net. I don't think we have anything Christmas-themed, but that's fine because Christmas is over pretty soon and you'll be back to your normal wardrobe in, in no time.
1: You could buy a red and a green shirt and wear them at the same time. Of course, that's true. It's as close as we're going to (laughs) get.
0: For now, for now. Uh, There's also a Comedy Rewind inspired t-shirt with a Sony VHS throwback design. So check that one out. If you really want to support what we're doing, you can uh, leave your podcast ratings and reviews that make us feel all warm and fuzzy inside, especially in Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. And if you truly, truly want to, uh, you know, in this time of festivities, reach inside your heart in, the, in this time of giving and, and give back to 8-Bit, there's the Kofi page where you can support what we're doing financially, which helps keep things rolling, helps keep the emotional lights on as well as the physical lights on. And that's ko-fi.com slash are 8 bit Brendan, any special offers you want to mention to the dear listeners?
1: Um, not really, but just, just sort of watch this space as far as our social media is like it is starting to, to wind up for the back end of 2021. We've only got a small handful of new content coming out between now and, and Christmas. And then we have yeah. sort of got a couple of weeks off, but we're going to be coming back with a lot of new content, a lot of new ways to interact and uh, be part of the shenanigans here that is 8-bit uh, and that'll all be announced and disclosed probably middle of January. We're sort of going to take about three to four weeks off and then uh, get back into the swing of things after that Christmas New Year break and uh, yeah, come back at you with some new content and yeah, as I said, some new ways to to get involved and be part of the experience that we're mm. excited to share with you.
0: Very good. There's a lot happening uh, as we get into the festive season. You can dig back a couple of weeks in the Hungry G- Gamers feed for... The Festivus episode, and we've just put out the uh, Biddy Awards on the Hungry Gamers. So check that out. See yeah. uh, see see what the 8-bit community voted as its I guess it's its winners in terms of uh, games and TV shows and movies of the year and, and whatnot, right?
1: Exactly. Yes, yeah. so that's completely driven by the uh, the 8-bit nation themselves. We don't have any <laughs> any swing or say in the final vote. So uh, those, those award winners uh, decided wholly and solely by the nation and it was very exciting and interesting to sort of see not only who got nominated, but also who took home the bickies. So uh, yeah, check that out on the Hungry Gamers RSS feed. It was a ton of fun to put together. We had some fantastic cameos and special guests and uh, it was a journey, but it's a journey well worth taking. So uh, yeah, get that in your ear holes ASAP. Maybe play it on Christmas day over Christmas lunch because it's a fantastic episode, very wholesome. Bring the family together over some baloney uh, bologna and salsa sandwiches and uh yeah just uh you know bring in the cheer together with us
0: very good very good okay uh of course you can catch brendan on social medias at brendan eight bits you can catch me at johnny himself dear listeners thank you again for joining us on comedy rewind be kind
1: happy and safe holidays everybody